Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Denver, Colorado, it's time for Franchise Bible Coach Radio. Now, here are your hosts. All right, everybody, welcome. Welcome to Franchise Bible Coach Radio podcast with Rick and Rob. I'm Rick Grossman, and I'll introduce my co-host Rob here in just a second. And our special guest today is Michael Katz, and he is a business, real estate, and franchise attorney. And of course, a good friend of mine and co-author of Franchise Bible 8th Edition with me as well. So welcome, Michael. Thank you so much. I appreciate both uh, having me on the show, uh, Rick and Rob. Yeah, thank you. So what we're going to do today is a little bit different format. Uh, This is our week five, which is focusing in on what we call the franchise equation. And of course, Michael and I have been talking about that in other areas of the coaching sessions and things like that. But the first few weeks, we focused on getting ready for this 12-week challenge, the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge. And you can learn more about that at FranchiseBibleCoach.com. But the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge is something we put together. It's a free, no-strings-attached program, basically just to help our industry get through this time, this pandemic uh, crisis, the struggles that uh, a lot of businesses are facing right now. A lot of franchisors and franchise owner operators are in a whole new world right now and have been for about a month and a half. And what are we going to do to get through it and then not only survive it, but thrive as business owners. And so we're really focusing in on with our guests and our, our uh, strategies and coaching sessions on how to get through this time. And so the first few weeks we were getting ready, uh, doing things like setting goals and KPIs, getting in the right mindset, getting your team involved with what we call building the tribe. And then we started getting into strategy last week and and implementation of actual strategies. Uh, We started with the evaluate, adapt and overcome uh, strategy. And now this week we're focusing in on how do we get the most uh, efficiency in all five departments of your business and what we call the franchise equation. And the franchise equation basically is is a coaching technique and leadership technique that I've used for years and it gives us the ability to break your whole business down, whether you're a franchisor or a franchise owner, into five different departments. And every business has these departments. We have leadership, marketing, operations, finance, and legal, and then technology. And those five departments, when you make, uh, when you when you define them, and then increase efficiencies and best practices within each one of those departments, you get a better outcome for a business. Uh, So for instance, you might be really strong at marketing and sales, but need some help in finance and legal. So you get some outsourced help there, or you get a coach in certain areas of your business. And so what we're going to do with this, this first uh, step of the process is just identify those, those different departments. And then we're just going to round table a little bit with, with Rob and Michael and kind of get into the departments and start talking about ways that our franchise clients have uh, innovated and created some really good practices and ways that we help them there. So let's start with uh, introducing Rob Ganley, my co-host, and uh, let him introduce himself, and then we'll start jumping right into it. Hey, Rob. Hey, guys. Uh, Michael, thanks again for being here. Uh, Appreciate um, it, Rob. 
You got it. It's it's a pleasure to have people with such broad and deep expertise, especially in different fields. And we're looking forward to uh, this discussion. Um, again, I'm Rob Ganley. I'm a partner in a digital marketing software platform and I've been in, a, in the franchise industry for about uh, 20 years now. Started off as a, as a broker and a consultant and uh, just love the industry and love, love what we're doing here. So look forward to your input, Michael. Go ahead, Rick. Take it away. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Uh, Michael, why don't I know you real well, and I know Rob does too, but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and, and how you ended up in the franchise world? Thanks. Uh, well, an interesting uh, fact, the uh, franchising was starting to become something way back in the 50s and 60s, but it wasn't until the 70s um, that it got large enough to get on the radar of various states and uh, the federal government. And it was just at that time that I started practicing law. Um, in 1979, California um, passed the first laws relating directly to franchising. Um, the federal government through the Federal Trade Commission um, jumped on the bandwagon right after that. And that's when I went into, uh, into private practice. So I've basically been involved in franchising um, from a uh, legal and uh, counseling side uh, since it became um, a, a law in the, in the several disclosure states and in the federal government. Um, in that time, I've represented hundreds of franchisors and, and franchisees, um, both in franchising and then also in um, business organizations um, and counseling them um, on various aspects of their entire business. So it's Wonderful. been uh, an interesting time. Yeah, it's a fascinating business for sure. And, and we love franchising because it's one of the most, if not the most efficient business growth uh, models out there. And Truly. We, we do love that. So uh, awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you, Michael. So let's get into it a little bit here and break down those five departments and then just kind of round table a little bit on, on what, uh, what we've seen out there. We all have different clients that we work with that are franchisors and franchisees. And of course we even have some clients that are not in the franchise industry, but are entrepreneurs and business owners. So, uh, what I'd like to do for our listeners today is, is kind of discuss some of those gold nuggets, some of those things that we're seeing out there, uh, innovations and ideas and ways of doing things more efficiently as we get through these different five departments. So let's start with leadership. What I found as a franchise and business coach is that people kind of get operations and marketing and, and those different departments. And sometimes they overlook leadership and it's almost like it's kind of a given like, well, I'm here, I'm the boss, I'm the leader. Right. But what we've, we spend a lot of our time doing as coaches is, is developing really, really great leaders. And I've often said this, that you can have a mediocre business model and a great leader and it'll be a great franchise. And you can have a great business model and a mediocre leader and it won't be a great franchise. So exactly. when, when people ask me, what's the big uh, differentiator between a success and failure in franchising, it's always leadership, leadership, leadership. And the better the leadership is, uh, the stronger the brand will be. And that, that's not just the franchisor, that's every franchise owner is a leader, right? And every one of their managers, if they're a multi-unit uh, franchisee, 
uh, their leaders as well. So when we look at leadership development, we look at it as kind of a global solution, not just the top of the, the leadership, but all the way down uh, through the, the organization. So when you, when you think about leadership with some of your recent clients, franchisors or franchisees, what kind of things have you seen uh, just in the five or six weeks since the COVID-19 outbreak has taken place that is stuck out in your mind as something that's, that's been really um, uh, noteworthy, Michael? I'm appreciating it. It's a, it's a great question. Um, leaders are not innate. Leaders are made. While a person can have leadership ability, if it's not nurtured in them, it does no good. On the other hand, if a person doesn't have leadership, they can be taught to understand what that means. And in the last five or six weeks, this is really what I've been talking to clients about. It, it's time for the leaders in the business to stand up. That doesn't mean that, for instance, the president of the company or the equity owner of the company shoulders everything by his or herself. Uh, what it means is that they understand the necessity of working with their team. And in a franchise situation, if you're the franchisor, um, that's your back office staff who might be your marketing people, um, but could be also your employees to get input from them. What do they think is important? And what I've told them is to get this information and then they need to collate it into a a, a cogent message for their employees and for their franchisees. Franchisees need to hear from the franchisors. And it became one of the first things we talked about. Um, as a leader, you can't hide from these difficulties. You need to do just the opposite, which is contact people and talk about it. An okay answer is, I don't know. And I'm trying to figure it out myself. But not telling the people that are looking to you for leadership, not talking to them, is I think the biggest mistake that a lot of folks have been making. Over the last few weeks, they, they're starting to remedy this because they're seeing the value of talking with their franchisees in the case of a franchisor. Um, the franchisees are talking to other franchisees. They're talking to their franchisor. And they're looking to each other beyond the, the mere relationship of um, one party to another. They're looking at each other as human beings. What are we gonna do to get through this? And in every case, the feedback I've gotten is it's made each system more responsive. It's made each system more sensitive. It's made the individuals more sensitive to each other. And it, it's had a, an incredibly positive outcome for all of these systems. Nobody's out of the woods. We all have to do this together and the communication is what they've done. And I think that's where leadership in these hard times uh, needs to be focusing. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, Rob, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that it's exceptionally hard for uh, a team to function without clarity and without assurances. And uh, it starts at the top. And we've been talking to a lot of folks like you, Michael, over the last few weeks. And 
And you're right. It's almost like it's, it's breeding better habits. It's forcing people to do things at another level um, because it's, it, you know, the communication is, is obviously different. And now I think everybody's rethinking how, how they do communicate and how they do lead, but it's leading to positive things, right, <laughs> around leadership. So, you know, Rick and I for a long time have been collaborating and one of the phenomena um, we've noticed and we've always talked about is for a franchisor, talk to your franchisees. And and honestly, while that seems to be self-evident, it hasn't been. It's only um, over the past few years that folks that have um, worked with Rick and myself uh, and with you, Rob, have heard and finally listened to the mantra of listen to your franchisees and talk to them. What I've been uh, coaching for years is call your franchisees every quarter and, and say to them, I'm, I'm not calling about money. I'm not calling because you've done anything wrong. I'm just calling to see how you're doing. It may be a 10 second call or, an, or it could be a two hour call. But just the act of reaching out to these folks and asking how they're doing um, has created such goodwill in systems um, that it's been amazing. And it's really systems that haven't been doing that until now because of COVID. Um, they're finally realizing the, the value of it. So what you've said, Rob, is the case. This is causing them to pick up good habits. And, you know, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. We were just speaking earlier with with another brand, and one thing they did mention was the franchisees were just taking the lead with such great ideas, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, maybe, maybe what was happening before, but now it's forcing this collaboration and this innovation, which is really neat to hear. But because right. you're right. asking those questions. And, we- and that's one of the hallmarks of a great leader. Great leaders don't do it on their own. They take the input from others. Uh, they, they, give the attributes to the person that told them that, and then they provide the the information. So having a franchisor communicate with other franchisees by telling them, I talked with X franchisee today and he had a great idea, creates such goodwill um, in, in, the, in the entire system um, that it'll play out for years for you. And that's true between franchisee and their employees or between franchisees and franchisees. Absolutely. Yeah. Communication is great. Um, a great tool for, for developing uh, bonds within an organization. And, and here's the ironic thing about being in a great economy and being busy where we were just a few weeks ago is, uh, is that you're so busy, you kind of lose sight of the, the little things, the details that made you famous and, and popular and successful right. in the right. first place. Right. And sometimes you're, you're, your success can actually backfire on you a little bit. But what I, what I am seeing with our clients uh, and the folks we're talking to uh, for the podcast, et cetera, is that they're really spending the time to, to really bond with their community, not only their franchise or franchisee community, but their community that they live in people in the area. Uh, We were talking to a gentleman earlier today on the podcast that is a franchisee and he was working on ways that he could distribute food through his restaurant to people in his community. 
and giving and donating and also selling grocery items through the restaurant. So, and, and I was able to tell them that, that this is, this is great innovation that, that is building trust in the community and uh, we'll pay dividends in the future for them as well. So very, very uh, strong bonding going on here. And what I often say is that people galvanize under pressure. You know, it's why people that are, that go through and serve in the military together or go through a tragedy of some kind and survive some kind of a crisis together are, are kind of friends forever, right? Well, this is a galvanizing time. Your, your organization can come out the other end of this stronger than it's ever been when you really look at it from a positive perspective. Another thing um, on the leadership perspective, um, is both franchisors and franchisees uh, should be reaching out to their vendors uh, mm-hmm. to talk with them about what can be done when we start to reopen. Yeah. Um, and as importantly, talk with your um, with your customers. Um, in in the olden days when we just started having the uh, the internet and our franchisee clients were were complaining that they had to take all this personal information, including things like email. Um, uh, now's the time to use all of that and to contact all of your uh, clients, vendors, et cetera. Tell them where you are. You're still here. You're still working. You're, how you're going to open, what you're going to do to uh, start reopening your business, how you're going to help your employees and your customers be safe. Yeah. Um, once again, as you said, Rick, it's it's building the community, and this will pay dividends uh, for a very long time. Right. Yeah. And and just to kind of finish on the leadership element, that as I always say, be decisive, be transparent, and be inspirational. Be somebody that your your tribe, your troops, your people will follow onto the battlefield, and that's really. Um, kind of the essence of the leadership there and, and carry that through to your uh, franchise leaders as well. If you're a franchisor, uh, every single one of your owners uh, is a, is a leader and their managers and their staff and, and just really focus on leadership development in uh, your organization all the way through it. And you'll, you'll definitely benefit from that. So the second category in our lineup here is marketing. And we've, we've seen a lot of things change with marketing. A lot of, um, you know, I have a, a client that, that uh, w- was basically focused on door-to-door sales. Well, you can't knock on doors right now, right? So that had to change. And we have uh, folks that have retail showrooms and we have restaurants, of course, that have not been able to have seated uh, in-store uh, dining for quite some time. So marketing has to change the whole, the whole way that we message to our, our customers. So from the marketing perspective, why don't we start with Rob this time? Rob, uh, have you heard any stories that have, uh, have uh, kind of risen to the top of, of your list as far for, from the marketing standpoint? Yeah, well, I think it's kind of interesting. Almost any business, uh, any brand in, in the franchising industry is, is doing something interesting. Most are. Uh, if you ask them, sit down, talk to them. But one of the interesting ones uh, is just recent, a recent one, um, is that uh, as a restaurant concept. And their idea was to, you know, and I think we can all relate to the time we're in right now where we feel a little helpless 
in, in how we can help uh, each other. And one of their ideas was, you know, helping the healthcare, the frontline workers uh, by saying to their, to their audience, to their community, to their consumer base, hey, would you like to buy something for a healthcare worker? And uh, they match, they match half and, and the other half is, is sponsored by the person. Uh, and I thought to myself, what a great way to introduce your brand to a new audience while they're helping others. I don't think there's many people that will forget about the name of the food place, right? <laughs> if, right. You, if you bought it for your, your mom or your a loved one that's a nurse or, you know, somebody that's in the front line. So it's, um, it's a great idea. It helped a lot of people. And I thought that was a tremendous way to keep the conversation going, keep the momentum going. I think all restaurants uh, could, could follow suit in a similar kind of way. You mentioned something earlier about giving away some of the extra resources, getting on Facebook. And there's a lot of energy and virality to that, right? People love to share good stories. And uh, so it's a good idea and it's the right thing to do when, you, when you're helping others and getting your name out there at the same time. Yeah, and remember that we always, and I'm saying remember to all of our listeners because in our past coaching sessions, we've been talking a lot about what's it gonna look like when we're through this time? And how do we get back to whatever the new normal will be? And everybody agrees that's in the franchise business that one of the most important factors as we reopen and we get back to normal is trust and the customer's ability to feel safe using your product or service. And so anything you can do right now during this time to communicate with your customer base, your community, uh, that will build trust and will build safety into uh, your business model, you're gonna benefit from that for a long, long time. And so that, that program that they're running builds trust. It, it, it builds um, that, uh, that bond, right? And we see that with some of the other restaurant models that have innovated things like no contact delivery and uh, ordering on the apps, you see uh, delivery services where they notify you through your app that the food is on the front porch and then they leave it there, you know? And, uh, and then all types of different businesses doing different things. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Anthony Geisler from Exponential Fitness and they, had, they have 1500 locations that were all closed down simultaneously. And they had to innovate and they shifted very quickly to online uh, training. So they were able to have their customers doing exercise training through their apps and through their, uh, their uh, online training resources. So just amazing innovations that have happened in the marketing and the marketing has to be um, adapted too, so that people uh, are able to communicate via text and, and through social media and things like that. Right, Rob? Yeah, totally. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, as a guy with a technology background and a marketing and sales background, digital marketing kind of fuses those together. And, you know, I've lived through it, you know, pre-internet, post-internet. And what I would say the good thing for everybody is it's putting a lot of focus on using digital technology for yeah. the future because the, the younger generations are, are going to behave differently and they're coming and growing up and getting older. And so yeah. I think it's been great that these companies, a lot of them, the things they're doing will stick, will continue on. 
And so they're learning things that not only because of the, of the situation, but the things I think will have value for their audience and their customers going forward anyway. And then, right. so why not do it? Why not continue right. to do some form of it? So that's been nice, nice to see. Yeah. Michael, what do you think in the, in the marketing department? Any stories? I usually defer to you because I always think of you and Rob as my marketing gurus. Um, The one thing that I have seen is uh, at least two of my clients are posting their rules on their front doors. These are restaurants um, of what they're doing inside Mm. to, uh, to stay safe. Uh, One of them uh, every hour, even though at most folks are walking in to pick up food, Though many of them um, uh, have a uh, um, somebody that will bring it out, that they're cleaning every hour, mm. and that uh, they're wiping down the surfaces with whatever appropriate um, the cleaner that they they need to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just as you said, they're they're bringing confidence to their brand yeah. in a way that we didn't expect before, but now I think is going to be uh, be with us for quite some time. Yeah, that type, and that again, cool. and what he's done is write to their um, uh, all of their client base, their customer base, and have told them they've just reiterated what they're doing. Perfect, makes a lot of sense. Well, and marketing kind of blends nicely with operations, and operations are different, right? If if you're a uh, a dog groomer and you have a mobile unit, and you drive around and and groom dogs, it's a little bit different operational system than say a, a full fledged restaurant model with uh, 60, 70 employees, but operations are part and parcel with every business, right? So we're seeing a lot of innovation in that area. Uh, and it may be as simple as while we have downtime operationally, it's a good time to refresh the uh, brick and mortar locations. If it's retail or restaurant and do some deep cleaning and some maintenance uh, in that area. But uh, if you're a carpet cleaning business or a mobile business, there's operational things that need to be done there as well. Right, Michael? Yes, absolutely. And that's what uh, many of my brick and mortar franchisors um, are requesting of their franchisees. And it's one of the ways they're communicating. Um, they're, uh, talk, they, they, they sent out the request and they're asking for feedback and they're getting feedback of uh, what can we do? We tried this and it didn't work. Mm. Um, uh, and, and it's again, the communication, but it's just, as you said, Rick, they're, they're, taking the time which they haven't had before and going back and doing all the stuff they hadn't done before. Um, Deep cleaning is, is one of the big ones, but also uh, repairing broken stuff. You can still get parts and uh, uh, maintenance equipment necessary to uh, make yourself operational when you fully open Uh, for the non brick and mortars. um, It's, it's still the same thing though. It's a little more subtle their uh, operational work is tends to be on the finance and um, and legal side. And I think we've talked about this before. They're now going back and doing all the things they didn't quite have time to do mm-hmm. to make sure that their back office operations are ready. Learning finally how to use QuickBooks besides just putting in two numbers and hoping when you press a button, whatever is supposed to happen happens. Right. So that's that's what we're seeing. Yeah. So operationally, there's there's training and there's systems. If you're a franchisee, franchise owner, uh, franchisor probably has a lot of resources uh, for expanded learning and opportunities there. Maybe some of your staff 
but if you're a franchisor, uh, either through your coaches or through your advisors or even third-party services, there's a lot to learn. And now's a good time to take on that extra, uh, extra time to educate yourself on things. They're very, very good. And for the franchisees, if you're coming upon a system that you've, uh, you've learned or worked through trial and error, let your franchisor know. Um, the, the franchisor will be appreciative. Everybody has become more open to ideas and change than I've ever seen in my career. Right. Yeah, we, um, we know we're going through a time of, of acceptance for technology and online training and online Absolutely. learning like never before. I think it was Jason from, uh, from Entrepreneur Magazine that pointed out that uh, Zoom went from, what do you say, 10 million, Rob, to 200 million? This is a massive bleed. Yeah. I don't know if that's an exact number, but it was massive. In fact, it's a lot. I, I could tell you right now, real fast, there was a waiting line with Zoom and nothing against Zoom. Uh, they've had to do what they've had to do. Uh, but it was like 285 people in line <laughs> for a oh, question. To get to, to, get to oh. Zoom? To get to their help desk. Yeah, that's how busy they are. Oh, wow. Helping yeah. everybody do this well, kind of stuff that we're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, and so many people that never used online training or online uh, webinars have, have jumped into this world. So we're going to see things like virtual discovery days become the, the uh, order of the day uh, where it wasn't before. So lots of good things. We'll talk more about that when we get to technology. But Rob, anything else from the operational standpoint, uh, category department that you want to add? Uh, not, not, not so much. One comment I did think of while we were talking is just in terms of uh, one of the franchisees that I spoke to recently shared with me that, you know, he, he put to work his, his employees, right, to kind of, like you said, remodel. It's, you said, fake, Michael said something about fixing things and catching yeah, up. Yeah. They literally did a full remodel and kept their, they've been keeping their employees busy while the down, in the downtime. So I thought that was great. I mean, the focus is taking care of the employees the best they, they can. In their case, it made sense to do that. But I just love it. I love that everybody's being productive, helping each other. That's great. That's great news. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, and then we have finance and legal, which is uh, Michael's favorite category. Um, and of course, we think of you, of course, Michael, whenever we think of finance and legal. Um, but uh, stories about, you know, we kind of broke down during the coaching session what it is and, and some of the tips for that area. But what about stories about actual clients? And we won't mention names, of course, but um, things that, that are important in the finance and legal area, that, that department that needs needs attention right now? Well, as, as you can imagine, I, I, the raft of calls I've gotten over the past four weeks now has been about uh, the CARES Act right? and um, uh, the, the PPP. Um, it was, it lost, I'm sorry, it didn't lose its funding. It ran out of money and uh, Congress and the president just uh, re-upped that. So um, I, I've called everybody that was, that was concerned um, and uh, told them to get back involved with the payroll payment uh, 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 program. Um, continue talking with your bankers. Immediately make application. The worst that can happen is that you're in line and you don't get money, but you can't even have a chance if you don't make the application. 
and and tell your employees and remember also that the CARES Act has um, unemployment parts of it that will help uh, with unemployment uh, payments that will help um, gig workers and solo business owners um, get basically unemployment. Um, This was uh, part of the act that um, wasn't talked about a lot because everybody was concentrating on small business. Um, but it's there, and I encourage folks to uh, uh, send questions to Rick or Rob, and, and we can um, respond to those, or to uh, go to the um, SBA small small business um, associate uh, small business folks and um, look at their website. Yeah. Um, uh, that's very important. The the next thing uh, I was receiving also a lot of calls um, about what they need to do with their businesses. And it was kind of a a weird question because they weren't quite sure what they meant. And what we finally figured out was, um, as we talked about before, they have time now that they haven't had and they want to get their businesses organized. So we've talked about organizing their books and records if you're a corporation or having the annual meetings and making sure you have minutes. Um, uh, working on your bylaws or your uh, operating agreement. Uh, Bylaws are for a corporation. Operating agreements are for limited liability business entities. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now's the time to do that. Call your attorneys um, and your CPAs. Um, We're all still working, and um, uh, it's it's important for everybody that I've talked to that's in, in our industry to let their clients know that we're here for them and, and are ready to uh, to help. Uh, as I said before, now's the time to learn QuickBooks and I'm pointing a finger at myself as well, that I've delved more into QuickBooks now that I've had time than I ever have in the past. And I, I already see where I can be saving money um, in, uh, in our practice here. Yeah. Um, so that's what we've been seeing and um, uh, we've been responding to. Good, good. Yeah. And from my standpoint, I have clients that are using this time to kind of take the leap and get into some other technology that that impacts the finance and legal. So for some folks, they were just so busy. They they've always wanted to move their their franchise disclosure to an electronic platform like DocuSign or something. But it was just too big of a project. They, they couldn't slow down long enough to take that on. Well, there's, there's multiple platforms that are suitable for that. And there are some benefits to being able to do that electronic disclosure. And so if you haven't done that in the past, there's the resources for that. Yeah. And also, you know, just kind of t- ties in more into the, into the marketing piece. But a lot of folks that have been thinking about doing virtual discovery days, but really haven't really made the jump. And now's a good time to try that. And if you are a franchisor that's been thinking about virtual discovery days, but you haven't really figured out how to do it, you know, give us a call over at Franchise Bible Coach. We have been doing virtual discovery days for well over a year, very successfully. And we've been developing that even before this pandemic happened. So we'd be glad to help you with that. So um, I guess one thing from a legal point of view, um, I, I had a couple of calls generated because uh, franchisors are just starting to do this and they wanted to know if it was legal to have virtual calls. And the answer is, is a, a, you bet. And of course, um, yeah, 
the, it's, it's the way to go to continue to keep um, your pipeline energized. Right. Um, for franchisors, though, I'm, I'm hoping they, they know this. Many of the registration states have ex, uh, extended the date on which um, renewals are due for the registration states. Uh, so, uh, again, there is time to do that. And it's also a good time to revisit your documents. Right. Um, though we do it once a year, it's the rare franchisor that literally reads their document once a year and either asks questions about what they don't quite understand or makes changes that they've been thinking about, but they just haven't had time. And yep. um, we are uh, responding to those as well. And it's been a breath of fresh air to have our, our clients really delve into the documents. Yeah, you have a little extra time. Absolutely. Well, the other thing too is that the it's a different platform. Virtual discovery days are a little bit different. Uh, I get the same types of questions when it comes to, is it okay to use electronic disclosure? And my, my standard answer is the same rules apply. You know, you, it doesn't change your rules and regulations around financial performance representations and, and disclosure uh, timing and everything else. The same rules apply. You're just using different methods of delivery and, and so forth. So just as long as you stay in the, in the guidelines, yes, absolutely FTC right. guidelines, you should be in good shape. So uh, as we start to, we could talk about this, you get the three of us on the, on the line talking about franchising, we could probably go for five or six hours and never run out of anything to talk about. But uh, I, know, I know the listeners want to keep these in bite-sized chunks. So we'll wrap up here in a few minutes, but our last uh, category is kind of Rob's bailiwick, which is technology. So uh, technology, oh my goodness, I saved that one for last because the the huge impact that we're seeing. Uh, I was talking to my daughter the other day and I was like, just imagine if this was 30 years ago, just think how different it would be. Uh, we're all able to function pretty much uh, at a higher level from even from home, depending on our business models, of course, I can't say everybody can, but we're able to function a lot, a lot better than we, we would if we didn't have the technologies that we have at our fingertips today. So um, Rob, when you look at technology at being your, your main focus, what kind of stories are you hearing out there from franchisors and franchisees of ways that uh, have changed their business model for the better in the last uh, month and month and a half? Well, you know, so at the very high level of that question is the way you look at things to begin with, right? So technology, the internet, and everything that uh, has evolved from that is really a different way of looking at um, any situation you're in, but you tend to keep things in a box of what we understand. And what I think was interesting about this whole impact and the response to this impact is that it forced people to think differently. And I think that's really the problem I see with most folks when Prior to this, when they when they think about technology, it's almost something they want to push to the side and have someone else do. Really, it should be your friend. It should be something that, you know, you look at and say, what can we do different? Why do we do it that way? And can we do it differently and better? Right. Can we serve better? Can we can we perform better? And I think that's really what technology is for. It's not it's not to keep up with anything. It's not to do the latest and greatest thing uh, that others might be doing. It's more about how can I improve my business, right? The different areas of my business. 
And what questions am I not asking myself? Um, am, am I not asking of the technology, right? But there's forced innovations um, across the board. Um, you know, we're hearing things like restaurants doing a lot of innovative delivery models, right? Like pick it up at the curb or uh, deliver it with an air sealed package to make sure it's fresh and sanitized, right? Uh, these types, some of these things may stick with us a while. Some of these may just be additional services that they offer for those that just think, well, that's cool. I could just swing by the front of the building and grab my food. You know, uh, it might just be something that's nice to offer a certain percentage of folks. Hearing a lot of stories about virtual discovery days, right? And you and I, a couple of years ago, we, we, we asked ourselves that question. Why don't we do it this way? There's a a big expense associated with traveling and, yep. and doing discoveries. Not that you shouldn't do them, but the reality is why not try virtual? Maybe virtual has its place and certainly now it does. But again, asking yourself these questions is really the, the key and it, it's sort of forced that innovation out of folks. Um, another, another great thing is a lot of technology vendors are offering amazing things, right? They're saying, look, we have these amazing abilities. We mentioned Zoom earlier. I've seen other companies say, you know, it's free, use our platform, we've got the bandwidth, we can do this. Uh, other, other video companies, um, internet service providers are adjusting their networks and accommodating people working from home at levels they never expected, you know, to, to get to, but clearly they've been able to adjust. Uh, so it's just been a collaboration of every industry, uh, but the big thing is asking that question. What can technology do for my business? What's relevant? to the perennial principles that you, Rick, Rick and Michael, you guys teach. You know, you guys know how to grow a business over the many decades that you've worked in business. And so those perennial concepts don't always change. It's like, what can the technology do to help me do what makes sense over in the business growth principles that we talk about? Yeah, good point. And, uh, I, you know, you've heard me say it time and time again, but it's really important because one of the things that I've seen in my practice over the years as a coach is the biggest financial black hole that you can manage to find in business seems to be the technology one, right? And we have seen companies that have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, some of them millions of dollars on creating their own technology from scratch. And uh, then the unfortunate byproduct of that is that when they lose their tech guy or they lose their, uh, or some of the the core technology becomes antiquated or or obsolete, they get stuck with a very expensive uh, problem. So just uh, as kind of a caution flag, whenever you consider anything in technology, make sure that you have uh, this test in mind. And the, the test that I always ask for, for my clients is make sure that it's going to make the humans more efficient and more profitable. And if you always look at it that from that perspective, then you're usually in pretty good shape with technology uh, because cool new bells and whistles may, 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 may get you excited, but it doesn't necessarily solve those two problems and it can be very expensive. So the other good news is that there's just so much out there today. There's wonderful platforms for franchise business management and all kinds of different tools uh, for, uh, for just about every element of your business. So, uh, Michael, any technology uh, stories that you want to share before we wrap up today? It, the most interesting part is um, uh, seeing people come to technology that have not just not used it in their business. 
And uh, I, I'm thinking of uh, my, my wife's a doc, and the only reason that's important is she's now having to do uh, telemedicine. Yeah. Um, and it's just not something she ever would have thought of. Right. Um, it's, it's forced her to do just what you said, uh, uh, Rick and Rob. How can I use technology to benefit my patients? And, and it was not something she did. She's now becoming uh, adept at using um, FaceTime and, and the other uh, uh, HIPAA-compliant um, platforms that are out there to talk with, uh, with her patients. And uh, um, she's seen the value of it now, and I know that it's something that she's going to use in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there was one thing I thought of when you guys were talking, and, and it comes from an authority and a good friend of mine that, really understands technology and the, the trends moving in the next 10 years. Um, and that is that this, the, the, the rate at which things are changing, you know, we, when the iPhone was invented, we all were totally in tune. The iPhone, you know, we knew about it. It was clear. It was this new thing. Um, now I would say in the next 10 years, there are disruptive technologies available to folks that'll creep up on us. And if we're not asking those questions, we're not going to stay competitive, right? Because all of a sudden you have a whole industry that changes based on a technology you barely heard about. It's not like before when you, of course, everybody heard of an iPhone. Imagine something almost as disruptive happening. You don't even know about it. But that's that's why the, the asking yourself, you know, how can I use technology? What, why do we do it that way? Is there other things happening that totally change the rules in the game? That's going to happen a lot for folks. And telemedicine is an example, right? Being forced to use it, but maybe now it's you have to stay with it, right? It's stay competitive. Right. Yeah, very good. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. And and folks out there, our listeners, uh, for those of you participating in the Fight for Your Franchise Challenge, we want to thank you uh, for uh, being a part of this we, we believe that uh, small business owners and medium business owners are the backbone of America and the world. And we want to help and support that effort. Uh, just talking to a franchise owner today and uh, said the same thing to him. You know, thank you for what you guys do every day of the week when you get out there and keep fighting. Uh, and uh, that's really what's going get, to get us through this as a society, as a global society, is everybody working hard uh, to get through this adversity and get through these hard times together. And, uh, you know, I, I always say, people say we're all in the same boat. I don't know if I believe in that. I think we're in the same storm, uh, but we're all in different boats and some boats are different <laughs> or I say, you know, uh, the, the movie stars boats are a little bit, a little bit better than our boats, I think, but we're in the same storm and I can't take credit for that. It's something I saw on social media, but um, we are uh, working through it. And, uh, you know, we look back and see that we've been doing this for about five weeks now. And uh, we're hearing more people and more stories and more emails of folks that are uh, reporting that they're, they're working through it. Kind of that initial shock is worn off and now they're getting rolling up their sleeves and, and getting through this time. So uh, congratulations to all of you out there, business owners that uh, are getting through this time. Uh, for those of you that are uh, first-time listeners, go to FranchiseBibleCoach.com and you can sign up for free. Just put your email in and you'll receive every Monday, you'll receive an email right in your inbox that has links to the podcast and the articles and the resources as well as our weekly free coaching session. Uh, so do take advantage of that. 
and will help you get through this time as well. So I'd like to say thank you to Michael Katz, our guest today, and uh, my co-host Rob. And uh, we will wrap it up for today, but uh, keep in touch, tell your friends, and, and let's, uh, let's build more and more momentum toward, uh, toward the future here. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll talk to you soon. Thank and you. Appreciate we'll you the opportunity. Uh, Thanks, Rick and Rob signing off. Bye. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.